They're the joyful agains our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of cooking and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe God's word is the key to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Thanks for joining us for the Again Podcast. This is brought to you by Interested Ministries, and I'm your host, Stephanie Hickox. Today, I am joined by Jen Freckman, Emily Dio, and Betsy Corning. We have all three of these wonderful women because we are untangling a topic that could easily be misconstrued. Today, we are talking about untangling our partnership with God. We realize that there is a danger of thinking that we have more control than we do. And there's also a danger of thinking we have less control than we do. When we understand God's role and we embrace our role, there is a peace that comes from that. This episode will connect with Lesson 7 of Entrusted with a Child's Heart on the Inherent Nature of a Child. And we are going to just bring you the first half of our conversation today because it is such a deep topic and we really want to give you time to reflect on it. In our culture, we so often just consume, consume, consume information, but we feel that this is so important that mothers understand this so they don't take on more of a burden than the Lord intended, but that they're also faithful to what he's called them to be and to do as mothers. We want you to be so blessed by this conversation. And I think the word at the end from Betsy is one of the most encouraging moments we've had on the whole podcast. Let's get to it. All right, ladies, what is a struggle in parenting you've experienced that you didn't expect? I'm sure we all went in knowing it was going to be hard in some ways and delightful in many ways. But what's something that caught you off guard? Emily, how about you? Well, I can speak right now where we are in life. And, (sighs) you know, those sweet little children that you had tucked in bed by eight every night and you read them a nice little bedtime story and prayed with them. And then you just had your evening and it was lovely. Well, now I I find that Mm. the biggest struggle in parenting right now is getting them where they need to be. And it's all everywhere. So the struggle that I didn't know we would have is that we would spend a good portion of our time in the car. (laughs) And so that's where we're at right now. Yeah, that's so interesting. I I think that for me, there's two. Actually, Emily brought up a good point. I feel like I didn't realize how hard it would be to have alone mm-hmm. time with my husband or downtime by myself without kids mm-hmm. as they got older. Like you had said, you know, if they go to bed at seven or eight, you had the rest of the evening. And now the kids are older and they're up later. And so there really is not as much downtime. So sure. I didn't really anticipate that as much. But also I think one of the biggest struggles that I didn't realize was how deeply I would feel the weight of their Mm, decisions mm -hmm. or my decisions and how they affect them. For instance, something even just as simple as we were on vacation and one of my kids' mouth brace for their braces came off and it was kind of flapping around. It was causing pain and I was kind of worried about it. Like, well, what if it breaks? What do we do? And so we went to 
this random orthodontist, or actually it was just a dentist on the island that we were staying and had them help. Well, they had to do a certain kind of cement. And so immediately I was like, what if they can't get it off? And all the the worries of my decision, Mm. it can affect him. And so the weight of that, I didn't realize that I would still feel this as they got older. Yes, I can definitely relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I can relate to all of those things you said, because I was thinking, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying here, but then all of a sudden you both made me think of one. <laughs> it's just sort of an expansion of what you had since my kids are older. I, Emily, I thought you were going to say that you don't know when they're going to bed because that's how it is when they're older or they come home from college and you think, are you going to go to bed? <laughs> because we are going to bed. And that's kind of a sometimes a struggle adjusting to when kids come back from college. So I don't know oh, how many relate to that, but that I definitely remember that. And what you're saying about decisions that you make, I can certainly remember making some very serious decisions with our kids. And you do carry the weight of, you know, the outcome of that. The two I'm thinking of majorly is when you help them uh, marry. Mm-hmm. They've chosen someone and, and there's, a, there's a heavy weight in that because it's ultimately mm-hmm. their choice, of course. And then the other one is having to choose a course of treatment, a treatment protocol for one of our kids. Mm -hmm. And just, I remember that there was struggle and the weight of that because Mm -hmm. it's long-term and Mm -hmm. they spend so much time giving you the possible side effects that can affect them to their lives. And so it's very weighty. And I didn't mean to get so tragic here, but it means that You know, when they get older, those things are a little bit more serious, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, you can have those serious times with children at any age, Mm -hmm. but we experienced them when they were a little Mm -hmm. bit older. Mm -hmm. Remember, the, the first thing that came to my mind really was when they don't seem to think the way that you think on something because you feel like you've trained them and this is how we think about this. Mm -hmm. And obviously they're forming their own views and you hope they're completely in line with, you know, your Christian worldview. And then sometime they might just shock you and you think, well, really, why, why are you thinking that way? And it's a challenge. I wouldn't say it's a struggle so much, but it's a great opportunity to talk things through and understand them and where they're coming from. And I really would say it hasn't been a major struggle, but it is it is a great opportunity to explain things, you know, using the scriptures mm-hmm. and, you know, why we think a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's great. What about you, Steph? Oh, those are all such great ones. I can relate a lot. I think... The heaviness of medical decisions, I can relate to that so much. And I think that that has been one of my biggest struggles in parenting. But I I think I would have anticipated that one a little bit more. I'm going to say I did not realize the probability that all of my children and all of my family members would be in a great mood at the same time. I didn't realize that that was going to be much lower than my <laughs> my hopes. And, and sometimes I think like, man, then you have four kiddos and then you throw yourself in the mix and your husband in the mix. And how often are we all, you know, really in a great mood at the same time? <laughs> I think that also reveals that it's not about us, right? As a mother, you can make these wonderful memories. You can bring the word. 
bathe it in prayer. And still, each child is going to choose their own mm-hmm. response to that. I think that that's been a humbling thing where you're like, hey, I thought I'd be able to steer this attitude ship a little bit better sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or we had one of those moments last night. And with three of my children, it was like idyllic. Mm-hmm. They're being kinder than I've even taught them to be. Like, this is incredible. And one of my sons is reading to my daughter this sweet picture book about the Lord and he's explaining it. And it was just beautiful. And another one, mom, can I empty the dishwasher? And then he was organizing things in the cabinet and just so proud of himself. And then another was a little frustrated that I had given him a a consequence that he deserved. <laughs> and I'm just going to, you know, be thankful for the fruit and trust you, Lord, that even that there's fruit in this decision as well that I'm making with this other one, even though he's not pleased about it right now. Mm. And also another one that's coming to mind is asking permission to take a shower. <laughs> so <I'm> gonna- <laughs> All right. I'm at the helm. I need to know someone else is going to be at the helm. Can I leave? You cannot be out of view for more than 30 seconds because then you'll start hearing, Mom, where did she go? Where did she go? I think a lot of what we're saying, even in this, relates well to what we are going to talk about today. Uh, One of our topics that we are in a partnership with God. We know God is faithful and we know that he loves our children even more than we do, and we're entrusted with them, and we want to be faithful to the role that the Lord has called us to. And so even as we're talking through these things, it's very evident that we desire to have a positive influence upon our children, but we don't have complete control, do we? No. And Betsy, you've in entrusted, and then also just through me knowing you, you've really impressed upon me the freedom that that brings when we're not carrying a burden that the Lord didn't intend for us to carry, when we're really taking it to him in prayer, when we know what we're called to and we're faithful in that, then we can just rest in the Lord. So could you talk to us a little bit more about this idea of what God calls us to and then what he is faithful to do? Okay, well, I did use the the word partnership, but it's not really an equal partnership. Um, and I used the verse from 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7, which says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Uh, salvation is God's work of grace. And so we say that uh, God's part, which is massive, is not only to sustain us on this earth and give us uh, breath that we breathe, but also to um, providentially control the universe so it's an environment in which we can grow. And he saves and sanctifies. Those are the main two spiritual influences that happen uh, supernaturally within the person. But then we have a role, we have a responsibility. It's not necessarily on par with, you know, providentially controlling the universe, you know, creating food to be grown for all the people on the the earth, all these things. But Mm -hmm. we do have a part because this verse says, Paul is saying that he planted, he planted seeds of the gospel. Apollos came along and he you know, elaborated on things, expounded on things, but it was really God that was causing the growth. It's God that brings the fruit. It's God that um, draws our children to salvation by his grace. And that's nothing that we could do because it says, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything 
Mm-hmm. We're not really anything. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, we can't do it, but mm-hmm. we definitely do have a role that he gives us mm-hmm. to perform. And the role that he has us perform in our children's lives is to evangelize them mm-hmm. and edify them. So mm-hmm. when they hear the words of the gospel from us as parents, but it's not a one-time thing. We don't presume upon God about when this supernatural action may take place in their spirit, but uh, we can see the fruit of it. And I always say that we, we continue to share the gospel with our children you know, daily, weekly, so that we know that they really understand it. They're not going to understand it the same at age three, five, or seven as they will at age 15 or 18. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-time, oh, did it, yay, we're done. No, mm-hmm. it's just a constant bringing the Word of God and really making it applicable, making them understand how it connects to their life. So that's what I, I say. I say salvation is God's work of grace. And our job is to edify our children, grow them up in the Lord. I love the word edifice. Edify comes from the word edifice. We're building great things in our children's lives. We're, we're building into them. But it's not going to amount to anything without the Lord. And, of course, our theme verse of entrusted is unless the Lord mm-hmm. builds the house, the edifice, mm-hmm. we labor in vain who build it. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. But that verse alone tells us that we have a responsibility. And I won't keep uh, talking on here, but we have in that lesson seven, we can probably come back to in a little bit, a chart of how this works and how we break down and entrusted the parents' role and responsibility towards their children. And even the children, the children have a responsibility also. I find that truth so refreshing when we feel like we're doing it with the Lord onto him, that we're not carrying that burden on our shoulders. We can do it just with a lightness. It feels so much more joyful, the opportunity. With the relief that we don't have to have this Mm -hmm. come about in our own strength because that won't happen Mm -hmm. because it says nothing. We can't make that happen. And I think that's interesting because my husband and I met with a family one time and the man could give his children, his grown children, anything material that they could possibly desire. But what he wanted them to have, because he came to faith later in life, Mm. was for them to be saved. So he brought them to this gathering for them to listen to the gospel, Mm -hmm. but see, this Mm -hmm. was the ache of his heart. I can give you anything except this one thing that I want you to have more than anything in the whole world. But they hadn't had this message implanted in their lives since they were young, so they didn't really, they thought, well, that's fine for you, Dad. We're happy for you. But it takes a miracle in their heart from the Mm -hmm. Lord. Hearing you talk on this, Betsy, takes me back to sitting in your class and hearing you say this and how much life was poured into our lives when, when I first heard this. And just reflecting back, our children were much younger then. And I'm thinking, you know, the fruit that I saw then is so different than the fruit I'm seeing now as they're aging. And it's so encouraging to to understand this. And the earlier, the better that we understand that we aren't the ones doing the saving and we're not their Holy Spirit, but that we evangelize and edify. But the Lord does the changing. And I can just look back and see little little fruit along the way. 
And as they've grown, it's gotten just sweeter. And so being consistent and sticking with it and committing it to prayer, that's where it all lies. And so thank you. I just want to say thank you for being faithful to share this. Well, praise God for that fruit, because mm-hmm. those are such encouraging mm-hmm. things for moms to <laughs> see. Because we plant these little apple trees, yes. and, and we water them, and we fertilize them, and we try to make them grow straight, and then it may be, yes. you know, a long time. You know, you, you plant a little seedling, you're not going to see an apple the next year. But mm-hmm. when you start to see those apples, it's such a joyful thing to a mother's heart to know that these things have really yes. taken place in their heart. I mean, to see fruit is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I think, you know, what you said there, Emily, that we aren't the sanctifiers of our kids. It's God's Holy Spirit in us that's transforming us day by day to be more like Christ. And we're not the sanctifiers of our husbands, too. And that's an important mm. lesson. Mm. That was an important lesson for me to figure out when I was early, early married and and even as raising my kids, and even especially as they got to those college ages, to think, wait a minute, you know, you're not a complete package to leave home yet until I've got this one more thing set in you. And really, I've seen my kids grow so much out of the home. And wait, how did that happen without me right there? You know, the, yeah. the, the work that he begins in them, he's faithful to complete it. And that's mm-hmm. another fruit of that truth. And it's just a wonderful thing to behold. So praise yes. God that he is working in all of us. Yes. It's almost difficult to keep a balanced perspective of it because on a daily basis, we want to feel the weight of the importance of our role. <laughs> And then we also don't want to take on too much. And so it mm-hmm. it just takes this continual checking back with the Lord and seeing how faithful he is in every story we read in scripture. That helps keep it balanced. But I can I feel like it's a teeter-totter balancing act to keep the proper perspective on it. Part of that teeter-totter is, you know, if we think, well, I don't have to do anything. God's in control of everything. I don't really have control over their salvation, and I don't take my responsibility. I mean, what did God say to Eli? He rebuked mm-hmm. him. He took the priesthood away from him. He said, because you didn't rebuke your sons, mm-hmm. because you let them go waywardly and the sacrifices and the house of the Lord. And so he required of Hophni and Phineas their lives mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. took the priesthood away from Eli. So I think there are certain things in the Bible that really tell us it's important, our part. But if we don't do our part and we just have this sort of fatalistic attitude that, you know, hands off and Mm -hmm. everything will turn out. I've definitely spoken with parents that think, well, this is just what kids do. This is just what Mm -hmm. they go through. And they don't really have an intentionality to their parenting. Mm -hmm. But another memory verse is more of us for me, far be it from me that I would sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, but I will instruct you in the good and right way. That is one of our scripture memory verses. Mm -hmm. So there's the fatalism, that part like, oh, I don't have to do anything, but that's not biblical. And the other one is like, I have to do everything. This is all Mm -hmm. on me. Their salvation is on me. And that's obviously not biblical either. So we want to have a balance, but in that balance, we can just relax. We don't have to be so stressed because Mm -hmm. the burden, the ultimate burden is 
is yeah, actually it's on our kids. It's mm-hmm. on uh, the Lord will bring them, but they're they have that free will. That's the opposite side of the fatalistic yeah. coin. Mm-hmm. I find so much peace in the portion about all the different people that watered and planted and that it's not just me, that Mm -hmm. the Lord obviously in his sovereignty and in his providence is working all things together, not only for my good, but for my children's good. Mm -hmm. And so we get the joy and we get the pleasure and the duty of raising up our children in the way that they should go and the way that we feel would be pleasing and glorifying to the Lord but we don't have to feel the weight when they choose unwisely or they choose differently because that is ultimately, like you said, it's their decision, but it's Mm -hmm. also as unto the Lord to change their hearts. And Mm -hmm. so we can be on our knees and praying and asking the Lord for them to, for their hearts to be surrendered to him. But I find a little bit of peace in the fact of the Lord isn't just working in just my heart to work in my kids' hearts, but he's also having other people water. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful part of the body of Christ working together. Mm-hmm. Paul David Tripp in his book, Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family, he talks about this principle as well. And he says we're either owners or ambassadors. Our children are the Lord's, but sometimes we act like we're owners. And we can act like owners in four ways, either our identity, if we're looking to get our identity and our purpose and our sense of well-being from our children, or from our work, if we think our job is to turn our children into something, or if we define success as how our children are turning out. Mm -hmm. This can be academically or musically or Mm -hmm. behavior or in our reputation. Mm -hmm. It says owner parents unwittingly turn their children into their trophies. They tend to want to be able to parade their children in public to the applause of people around them. But he says ambassador parents understand that parenting sinners will expose them to public misunderstanding Mm -hmm. and embarrassment somehow, some way. They've come to accept the humbling messiness of the job God has called them to do. And they understand that if their children grow and mature in life and godliness, they become not so much their trophies, but trophies of the Savior that they have sought to serve. For them, it's God who does the work and God who gets the glory. Mm -hmm. They are just gratified that they are able to be the tools that God used. Well said. Yeah. Yes. I think it complements so well, even that you named it entrusted, that Mm -hmm. yes, we are doing this onto the Lord and with him. I thought that was a neat complimentary way to say it. Mm -hmm. That was convicting as well. And, And I thought even of my example the other night, where three of my children are just sweet and one's disappointed in me. If I looked at that moment and was owning it, would I give myself a 75% then? How do you measure that? Or do I give myself a pat on the back for the fruit I'm seeing of my son witnessing to my daughter? No, I can't do that. That was his choice. And I'm so, I was so pleased, but I'm not going to own that. And the, the same way I don't have to own the other child's attitude And I also don't have to say that this moment is indicative, that this moment isn't necessarily telling me the fruit that's coming. Mm -hmm. That son might look back and say, Mom, you know that night that you gave me that consequence and I was disappointed with it. I'm so glad you didn't give in because I really needed that check. Mm -hmm. You can't even judge in the moment the fruit that's being born. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I find the the verse that talks about train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's not a promise that if you do A plus Mm -hmm. B equals C, you will get this Mm -hmm. at the end, but almost as a warning of you doing your part of training up that child in the way he should go, because even when you're not training, even when you're not you know, trying to train them in a certain way, you are training them. You're, you're training them to either obey all the way right away with a happy heart, or Mm -hmm. you're training them to delay obedience or to have a bitter heart and, and have a bitter root growing up. And so if you're training them up in the way they should go, even when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's a really scary place to be if you haven't done your portion of training them up in the way they should go, because then even when they are old, they will not depart from it. And that's not saying that, oh, if you do nothing, like God is all in control of all of this. But in a way that we can't understand as humans, he's allowed us and commanded us to take part in it, to have foot in the game of doing our job to discipline them, to teach them, to turn their affections toward him, to be the watchman for them, to be changing their hearts and their minds towards the Lord and, and as many times as we can. But also I look at that as if I'm not doing this, if I'm becoming lazy in this area, or if I don't really want to discipline that child again for the same thing and I just kind of let it go, I am training them up, but not in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, you tri- you you put all these years in in consequences and all of that work. But as you're training them, you're you're training them towards discernment, yeah. and you're training them to to shift at some point so they are discerning and self evaluating wrong, right, all of that. That is what we're training them towards discernment. And when we see those fruits of those little moments of discernment, those are like small hallelujah moments because <laughs> you're just <laughs> thanking the Lord, but never parking there because you you just are ever vigilant. Yes. And when you think of the Lord giving us, you know, we use the word entrusted because it means given over for safekeeping. Hmm. So we are safekeeping God's children that says in Ezekiel, all souls belong to God. Mm. So we are being stewarded, these children, to raise them in a way that glorifies and worships the Lord so that they, in turn, will be worshipers of the Lord. So there's going to take some effort there and some diligence. And I think it's pretty cool that the Lord gives us these little ones as babies. Mm -hmm. And we have them for about 20 years because it's going to take a while to train that well. (laughs) And what a great privilege it is. Mm -hmm. And Betsy, could you offer some encouragement to the moms who might be listening and thinking, I didn't know about this when they were babies. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about it when they were toddlers. I came to faith later, or maybe I just didn't understand my role is it too late for me Mm -hmm. to train them? It is never, ever too late. God is the God of hope. And even if you raised a child who is 25 and absolutely not walking with the Lord, Mm -hmm. there's still hope. I have a chapter, chapter 13, a mother never gives up, never gives up on her children, always prays, always loves. But we also don't condone, we don't encourage 
a rebellion, but we are always there uh, with open arms as should they, like the prodigal son, return. But, you know, I've had a lot of moms say, oh, my, I've got a 15-year-old I just took and trusted, and, you know, I feel like we never set this foundation. Well, sometimes you just need to sit down with the family and say, we're going to have a family meeting because things are going to change a little bit in our in our home, and we're going to start living by biblical convictions, and mm-hmm. then we go way back and we talk about what those are and particular family standards for their protection. Mm-hmm. And it can be harder on a child that's older and used to having a lot of freedom, but that's not necessarily the case. It might be that they just came to faith and they just are learning how to do things biblically. But I would say that for myself, when I had my first child, I was pretty green and I give entrusted to mothers as a gift. So they are way ahead of where I was in my life. And I would say that even with our oldest, we went through a lot of challenges and struggles But those are the things that helped me be able to encourage women in in big struggles, in big Mm -hmm. struggles in life. That's why I say I wrote Entrusted to Encourage Moms. Mm -hmm. And I was so privileged to be around such godly women in my early years of marriage. And they helped me immensely. And I feel like it's a luxury for women to have that. So if entrusted can be that for somebody, if it can be that community of encouragement, and I tell you that if you're struggling and you're thinking that certain thing, so are many, many Mm -hmm. other women. And so when we get together as a group, we can encourage each other and we can, you know, make some mid-course corrections too. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest things that I say is tenderness and connection with your kids. We're not going to suddenly be a controlling parent mm-hmm. because it's really not about controlling behavior. Mm-hmm. It's really about getting a hold of their heart where they surrender their heart and they want to obey the Lord. And that's the process that we go through through several of these chapters. I would certainly want moms to be hopeful. I think that is the perfect stopping point. We are going to bring you the second half of our conversation next week. I want you to know that with each podcast episode, I feel the Holy Spirit working in my heart, prompting me for a tune-up. So if you're feeling that, I hope that you don't ever feel condemned, but that you feel encouraged, that the Lord is bringing you wisdom that you can put into practice. It's evidence of his faithfulness in your life. We have been so encouraged by your faithful listening, and we have a couple favors to ask of you to help spread the word. Our desire is that this podcast would encourage mothers who desire to parent biblically, and you can help us. The first way is you can write a review. Podcast platforms are more likely to recommend this podcast to mothers if we have a greater number of reviews, so we would really appreciate that. You can also like us on social media. Our Facebook page is Entrusted Ministries, and our Instagram is Entrusted with a Child's Heart. We would still love it if you sent us a question to answer on the podcast. And lastly, did you know that we would be more than happy to speak at your church and encourage moms in your community? So reach out to us. You can fill out a contact form on the Entrusted Ministries website, and we'll try to get something on the calendar. We know you're busy, Mama, so we are truly grateful you joined us for this episode of Again. 
If you're looking for more information about building your home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, head to www.entrustedministries.com to learn more about our study for moms, Entrusted with a Child's Heart. This scripture-saturated study has blessed families around the world, and we want it for you too. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians 1, 11-12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again.